0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the American Songwriter Podcast Network. This is All Heart with Paul Cardall. Welcome to this special edition of All Heart. I'm your host, Paul Cardall. It's special because we're going to be speaking with the founder, Brian Paul, of Saving Tiny Heart Society. This is one of the best fundraising charities making such a huge difference in the lives of thousands of people Affected by congenital heart disease, this is the number one infant-related cause of death. I've spoken about this many times. I'm a survivor. I got the heart transplant over 10 years ago, which was kind of like the the finale of all these surgeries that I had had throughout my life. You know, it's like I used to have this beat-up old truck. You know that everybody had driven. You know grandpa had passed it down it was rusty it was gross but it was a beautiful beautiful truck everybody lived that was my old damaged defective heart that i was born with and imagine them saying to you you got to turn that in well you got all that nostalgia of grandpa and everything well you go to turn that in and they give you the keys to a porsche that's how i felt after getting my heart transplant you know i have full oxygen levels in my brain it's almost like my body's completely rewired it's been amazing to have this new heart and it only happened because of medical research advancements in technology and the funding that it takes to do these things after the the transplant I, I so many people so many people you I know many of you prayed for me to be alive and there were so many people that contributed to our our family there was a fundraiser that I wanted to figure out how to give back and so I was actually in the intensive care unit recovering from the transplant when a friend of mine says let's do a concert at a bravado hall this was ambitious because this is the symphony hall and the most you know popular place to hear a symphony in Utah and I hadn't played it yet so I didn't even think I could sell, you know, a thousand seats. We planned the concert and it was amazing everybody came. It was one of the most inspiring events. We raised $65,000. We took that money and we gave it to the Salt Lake Community College to create an endowment so that there could be scholarships for people affected by congenital heart disease. And why did I choose that? It's because I know a lot of people that because of their chronic illness, they aren't sure if they're going to live. They're not sure what their situation is. And so they don't have goals. They don't necessarily always focus. And I wanted to be one to say, listen, you can survive, change your mindset. Let's focus on getting an education. But then you have all these medical bills. And so how are you supposed to pay for college? That's why we did this. We want to help. And you can find out about this scholarship on my website, paulcardall.com. Those of you that are in the Utah area or surrounding those areas, it is a Fulbright scholarship available to you who are affected by congenital heart disease. Well, after that, I realized, you know, that's just one drop in the bucket. What else can be done? That's when I met Francie, who is the wife of Brian. Francie and Brian Pauly invited me out to Chicago to host a gala. And I didn't know about Saving Tiny Hearts, but that night I learned not only is this the best couple in the world that knows how to organize a gala that is so interesting and so impactful that I tell everybody that if you're going to pull off a gala, you got to first go to this one and learn how it's done but secondly, they have a son who had been born with congenital heart disease and uh, they were so unsure of his future that they went to battle and they started saving tiny hearts. And we're gonna talk all about this and how they're fundraising, some of the events they have coming up, but we're gonna talk about this amazing, this amazing group of people that have congenital heart disease. You are my family, my blood brothers, my blood sisters and it's so good to be alive so sit back relax and listen to this amazing interview we recorded last week this is uh brian paul what's happening fella how you doing brother good how you doing good to see you you got uh everything squared away it looks quiet
1: it's not quiet but uh, we'll do our best not quiet uh francie's Upstairs, I'm sure she's going to drop in a little bit later, but trying to get ready. Uh, Dogs are in here. I'm sure there's going to be a kid or two walking in and a dog barking any minute.
0: In all my years of living with congenital heart disease, for those listening, there have been countless organizations that have aggressively tried to prevent further deaths of infants because disease is the number one cause of infant related deaths. We have a million children, approximately a million children born every year world with some form of defect. And most of these require immediate surgery or eventually in their lifetime, they will require surgery. I had, you know, the three major surgeries that most children born with a complex uh, defect have. And there's, I guess what, Brian, there's like over 40, there's so many different kinds yeah. of defects. It's like buying a house with an unusual sprinkler system and then trying to get a guy to come in and try to fix the yeah. need to make it I don't think much has changed from when we first met in terms of the discussions we
1: had, in terms of the compl- in terms of the difficulties in the market, for lack of a better term, or why we're doing what we're doing and uh, where medicine's heading. I think it's uh, very, uh, very
0: consistent. So do you feel like we're, you know, we're funding a band aid? or are we funding solutions?
1: No, no, I think it's very forward-moving. I think that the future, I, I think the future of all medicine is tissue engineering. I still think very, uh, very aggressively going toward that. I think that's realistic to get to a point where there's, well, we're growing our own organs, and specifically a heart is a, is a very uh, heavily favored organ to grow. It's, it's complicated, but it's nothing like growing uh, some of the other organs. What? Success at it.
0: Has there been other organs that have been developed yet? I mean, I don't think we've seen any organs yet developed.
1: They've tissue engineered um, uh, for implantation, very small stuff, pieces, things like that. I mean, they've grown ears and things like that. for Sure, right. And that, where they put, uh, where where they're able to uh, <clears throat> do more structural type. Like we funded something back in probably about ten years ago. Was uh, the beginning of this. There was a doctor in Minnesota who actually went to Texas. She's the leading uh, a leader in, in this field in Texas, and they've actually down there cloned a. I think they they might have cloned a human heart that had some faint beating, but I mean, nothing that would be clinical whatsoever. But they're getting there. And then we funded one in Chicago, and that doctor eventually moved to Maryland for a very similar uh, type endeavor. That one he cloned. He actually did clone a rabbit heart as part of our experiment. Uh, we funded him two years in a row It was beating in a lab we have videos of it we saw it so it's going that direction but the ultimate uh victory is to be able to grow organs from your own from your
0: own uh, dna yeah yeah i know like when i had my fontan actually the uh endocarditis i had an endocarditis is an infection infection on the heart and this was on the precise spot That I had been born with uh, uh, abnormally. And when I went to go have that surgery to remove that, they discussed, you know, do we put in a synthetic material? And they said, you know, if we do that, he probably will not survive very much in order for us to do the fontan. And so they took a vein, they took natural tissue out of my leg, they took a vein, they cut it halfway through, they laid it flat. They wrapped it around a tube and they sewed it shut so it was a literal tube created out of the tissue of my body, my DNA. And so but I mean the idea of growing a human heart, I mean, during that process, I was when I was waiting for a heart, they said, or even early on, they were like, you know, let's get some DNA sample. Let's get some tissue of your heart, because maybe we can eventually grow that. You know, the question was how far away? How far are we from actually pulling that off? Because that's so... I don't think we're that. I, we're,
1: I mean, the, the people on our medical advisory board can better indicate when they think it actually starts to become clinical. I don't know if you remember. We're, I think we're within a year or two of age of each other. Back in the 80s, there was baby Faye got the mechanical heart. I was a baby. Baby know if baby Faye. We got a mechanical heart back in the day. It was a failure, but it was the thing that people couldn't even imagine something like. But they've come so far from back then and I, I 10 years, I think, it, it's getting there. It's getting there a lot. I think Dr. Wald, who is on our board of directors, was the head of our medical advisory board for a while. Uh, he, he could better indicate something like that. But I, this is absolutely where medicine is uh, going. The therapies have gotten tremendous. As you and I have talked about in the past, the biggest uh, uh, hurdle right now we hear from a lot of people who are uh, in between your age and Joshua's age. Uh, is that uh, late teens, early 20s, and not having a doctor to go to, that right. entire field of medicine, is, is, there's a void. And there actually still is. I'm still hearing uh, Haley was saying, uh, Haley now I remember her, she was talking about, uh, she just went back, I think she's back at a pediatrician now. She's 25. Because the doctors, uh, the older doctors, are not able to, to accommodate
0: what she needs. They just don't understand what she has. The doctor. Uh, to get her to where she is. Yeah, and this is one of the biggest problems that we're talking about is when you turn eighteen, you've had you'd have special care in the in the children's hospitals, and you know they watch you, but then you hit that eighteen, it's like you got to go to the adult hospital, but there hasn't been enough education for them the basic cardiologists do not understand the complexities. It's a specialty, so you get to the university hospitals and the county hospitals. And they just, they send in the, the guy to look at your heart, the echo, the girl that comes in to look at your echo. And it's like, I, kind of, I had this happen to me in a small town. They just could, could not help but want to study the heart for like hours on end because they never seen anything like it. No one ever educated them. No one told them. And so you go and you live in these communities and you have a child with congenital heart disease. It complicates, complicates sure. things. no. Oh, oh
1: all right, letting my dog out. I tell you what, you're lucky to have grown up where you did, and we're very fortunate to be to, to live where we are, where there's where there's medicine that's in the front wave of the way, the wave. And imagine all the people that don't have access. To it.
0: Yeah,
1: medicine is not equal in the country. It's not a matter of uh, where you're at politically; it's just reality. There's only there's only one best, and there's only a handful of of the top tier doctors and there's a bunch of doctors who don't have that information and don't have that experience and just get tears. So the uh, best medicine you're so lucky to have grown up in a uh, solid city like you did and we're in Chicago and it's, it's a That's why we do what we do The fund medicine. We're funding around the world. We fund it now in
0: four
1: five countries something like that, and we want the best medicine to be out there, the best therapies, the advanced um, uh, things we can come
0: up with that are relevant for What's one? What are some of the uh, recent research projects you guys have funded that have completely change the, the way Boy, of things?
1: this is, uh, it's funny you ask me that. I'm probably the wrong person to ask that. <laughs> I, we, and, and I say that because, and it's actually an estimate, I think, to, to what I love about our organization is we don't have any saying where the money goes. It is absolutely a medical advisory board, 100%. that dictates that they are completely autonomous. They make the recommendation that we fund what they say. That It is so uh, ingenuitive and so complex, as stuff. Uh, that I, I mean, I'm understanding a little bit of it, but it, it's very, very complex uh, uh, Complex yeah. studies that they're doing. That. We did fund uh, a couple years ago at Ohio State. We funded a um, uh, why kids, uh, it's something very relatable to your audience, I would think, as well as why kids collapse on sports fields and undetected uh, birth defects. We did fund a study on that at Ohio. And uh, so that was one that was something that everybody can understand. A lot of what we do is uh, DNA work to understand, it can, can we forecast what's gonna happen so they can do therapies very early on. Uh, we did fund the, uh, the heart uh, tissue growing one a few years back. Uh, on our website, all of them are listed.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm seeing uh, 2019, you guys funded about 524 well, half a million dollars uh, plus an additional seventy-five thousand for d- d- research of genetics with general heart disease therapy for fatal arrhythmia in babies, uh, yeah. mothers identifying genetics. I mean, this is all the this is all the nerdy stuff uh, that you, you know, <laughs> that these guys understand. And I've sat in those meetings when they decide and review. Uh, you know, be used, having used to be on the board, I'd sit in those meetings and watch these guys decide what was I guess the best option to fund because you got countless projects these guys all want to do they all want to get a hold of some money
1: we all the money scarce. the government is definitely cutting back on research and uh, the, what we do is very rare there's not a lot of people who are funding general heart defect research
0: yeah General
1: heart defects is not a very desirable um, Place for corporations to put their money. They don't put it there. They put it on onset. They put it on unhealthy lifestyle type heart issues, uh, late in life heart issues because there's the population is much bigger. Uh, most people in the country will end up having it, so they put their money there. Where you are the anomaly, absolutely. When you were growing up, kids to get to 18 was, was novel, just didn't exist. So corporations back then weren't putting any money into general heart attack. Uh, research or therapies or medicine. The money wasn't there, just the kids weren't living, so it wasn't worth, the population wasn't there to make the investment. Sad, but it's just the reality. So all the money went there. And now it's it's not, they're doing much, much better now. The average life of of kids, uh, age spans from when you were growing up to now is double, triple. And uh, so medicine has come a far, far, far away since then. Uh, There's a lot more to do.
0: A lot more to do there's a ton to do i mean you constantly we're constantly having children born with a uh, you know an abnormality but the the thing that's amazing is you know like when i was born uh my mother had there was no detection in the womb where now you can detect in the womb whether your child is going to have a a, a defect did you guys know when joshua they missed you, it they missed it this is actually the story of our
1: entire uh our entire founding, of saving tiny hearts. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you recall this. one, uh, Joshua's doctor, uh, uh, Francie's doctor, Joshua wasn't sure there yet. Francie's doctor was uh, this typical North Shore Chicago doctor, just very lazy, and uh, they they missed that Joshua has three chambers in his heart and blue four, which is how uh, you possibly miss something. So uh, after Joshua was born, four hours later, maybe he had turned Ashland blue. Rushed down to Memorial Hospital. Had uh, that's when we found out about his defects went through all there. But as part of that, uh, we were really upset as our first child, so we had to grow up overnight. And uh, actually, went to go see a lawyer. The laws in Illinois allowed for lawsuits based on this, um, uh, it's not di- misdiagnosis, I should say, but also just missing something that, that's, that's this big. We weren't able to tell if Joshua was going to have any, uh, uh, impact of had they found it would have been different, but he was without oxygen for several hours of his life. Could have been downtown in the NICU, uh, in the ICU when he was born, he wasn't. So, was, uh, so we didn't know, but anyway, we went to go see the power brokers down in the city. The, the big time, uh, malpractice sat in their office. Uh, one of the major players in Chicago wanted to take our case. And, uh, there was a in Illinois there's something called wrongful life which uh is pretty easy to figure out what that is we got we, we walked out of there and, and France and I were in the elevator and uh like this is not for us something like this let's let's positive as opposed to something negative So I literally pulled out my phone called my corporate attorney um normal business and I said hey how do we start a charity because Joshua's surgeon had told us there's a Scarcity for money. Every parent wants to know what can we do to help. Everybody, everybody says, "I want to help." I want to. Use. That's a normal instinct, but uh, we actually did it and uh, yeah. all the lawyers and said, how do we start a charity? And literally came up with it and started it. Pretty much an elevator on the way out. There. So that's actually how we started it. Had had they not missed what Joshua had, I don't know if we hear today. It doesn't
0: us. really. Yeah, yeah, it's all been grassroots funding, in essence. Yeah, 100%. Your community and people from around the country that have gotten involved. Uh, Brett Baer, the anchor at Fox News, is involved. What was the connection there? How was Brett uh, talking? Brett
1: Baer, Haley Mallon, who, um, you know, uh, Haley and Brett's wife come from the same community in the Chicago suburbs. He just met a bunch of people out that way. And I think that's how we made it. I'm pretty sure it came through. Uh, but Brett Brad, Brett Bear has been wonderful, uh, very non political in our. He's non political, I'd say. So he's good. But uh, yeah, we're not a political organization anyway. We have people all over the spectrum. We all. Uh, it, 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 like any disease. It doesn't discriminate on. Sure. Brett's been absolutely wonderful. Ah, uh, we have Charles Tillman, uh, Chicago Bear, now in the FBI, very involved, wonderful, wonderful man.
0: Uh, Tom Riles, who was very connected in uh, Hollywood and that circuit. Was Tom involved. was Tommy Riles. Was he was just on? Uh, well, he does the opening. He opens the audience for Ellen. So he was actually just on with his wife. They were just doing. They were yeah, just I heard, doing. Yeah, doing no, I doing saw that. Yeah. Just doing a segment about that story, so I think. Do you think by now people pretty people pretty much know about congenital heart disease, or do you think people are still no, worried
1: about it? No,
0: I think that, it,
1: we feel like everyone knows. But when you you've been around it so long, and your life is surrounded by uh, each problem. Uh, yeah. And uh, Josh was young bump into more people. We've met a ton more people. People are introduced because it Hearts, right? But it's amazing just how people don't understand. And we hear all the time, people are very involved in the organization <laughs> that probably the most common term I hear is, we had no idea about this fact or that fact. The thing that's difficult for our cause and all, all these, I love charity in general. One of the things that we say even when we're doing a itch or a speech somewhere that even if someone's not gonna support our charity, the support a charity is very we appreciate we support a ton of other charities that have enough. The um, the thing that's really hard about congenital the heart in fact
0: um uh, sales pitch it. What's your, that your microphone keeps cutting out? Hear me now? Yeah, it keeps better out. or no? That's much better. So the, the thing that is um, very hard
1: for us is that the heart defects, just looking at, if you were to see Joshua now, uh, he is uh, a normal kid. You would no idea looking at him with the heart disease. But looking at you, you'd have no idea you went through what you did. We're not competing with a, a cancer or Down syndrome, nothing to do with that, but there, there's signs when somebody may have cancer, there's visually something you can see that, that as there might be, that, that there's something on there. Down syndrome, very similar to the thing there's many many things uh many causes where there's uh visual and look at joshua and you think that he is a uh, he is perfectly healthy it's not going to be tomorrow you never know what the future is going to bring right, right. But it's uh it's been tough and it's not it's not um it's it's something we we have to fight through it's something that we really have to that hurdle we have to continue we are The only organization that we know of in the country who raises money strictly for congenital heart defect research with no overhead, no paid employees. So there's another organization or two out there that does congenital heart defect research. Uh, One of the main ones had some uh, some major problems with dazzlement or their their old uh, executive director. And we're uh, we're avoiding all that. we transparent. That's why earlier you said, "Where's our research going? What what was the funding?" I should know, and I'm embarrassed that i not on this phone call. But
0: it, a, it, it, because we're
1: so transparent in yeah. terms of letting people do their jobs and in, in oversight. Yeah. Everything we do as an organization, my company, uh, my, my my normal job, I'm a general contractor in industrial. We the, the same practices we have there for oversight in a, in a half billion dollar company. We do the same in Tiny Hearts to make sure there's transparency and there's. there's
0: the other thing that's fascinating with you guys is when you started, you started, you had your first, I think your first gala scenario, 2007 to 2009, uh, there was $52,000 allocated the following year, $100,000. then you stick, you know, and, and you know, we could talk money all day, but the actual number of uh, research projects increase significantly with the more money you raise. You've gotten better at knowing how to grow, grow the funds. Yeah. Um, so, so I think a lot of because I've had a lot of people go, "Where's a gala that we can go and observe and and know like how to do a gala?" And I always say, saving Tony tiny hearts," because you yeah, guys. Cass, it's all great Our sports. gala is the best. I, I, my wife
1: Francie has, uh, that that's her thing. She started. She did the first one. Every year we learn more. We try not to make the same mistake twice. Try to everybody knows why they're there. We try to give just amount of uh, enough information there. Uh, let people really enjoy it. But the whole thing about the gals to have fun. We want people to enjoy being there. It's a tremendous fundraiser for us, and, and that is it's my favorite event. It got canceled for this year, unfortunately. Sure, getting pushed till next year. It's you. The thing about what we do. You made a comment before in 2007, we, we funded a project in eight and nine and so on, and then we raised more and more. Back then, we did not have a medical advisory board. We just gave money. We started by giving money to our hospital, to, um, and uh, everybody thinks that their own hospital's the best. Everyone thinks their own doctor's the best. Their own lawyer's the best. their own Everyone thinks, every, and, and and you should think that. Yeah. But the reality is is that the best research is not necessarily being done at your Around the world, and that's why uh, we actually you know the story of how our medical advisory board started. I didn't mean to segue. Right? No, I, no, but, but, <laughs> no, but, no. But I'm interested in how that started. This is a great. One. So we uh, we had a little medical advisory board that started with uh, some friends of the doctors at our hospital. Kind of did a make one. It wasn't a formal one. And this medical advisory board, the wonderful guys, but they were they they were pushing the money like a good old boys network. And a lot of medical advisory boards end up this way. And that, that was really, uh, as I learned now in the past. So we had, and I hope Lauren Wald watches this video, because this, uh, this is all about him. So he applied for a grant and heard about us. And he was denied for his grant, because those, he was-
0: For those listening, Lauren is uh, head of research at
1: Ohio State. But Lauren Wald, is who's now on our board of directors, and that you'll hear that story in a second here, uh, Lauren is a very renowned researcher in the country. He's got a uh, bunch of labs at the Ohio State University There, well-respected throughout the entire uh, medical community in, in research of heart-related topics. Yeah. So, uh, Lauren actually doesn't get funded, and he calls us out. He goes and reaches out to Larry Klugs, the chairman of our board, and starts going, this is the first grant I have ever been denied. And, and he, he's... He's very direct. He's not pompous and arrogant like that, but he's right. He was right in this case. And he goes, "Your, uh, wh- I don't know. I shouldn't say any bad words. i kind of throw it down here. Uh, um, your, uh, your process is baloney. Uh, you're, you're, you're funding the same circle of people. We had no insights in that. This is very early on. This is a long, long time ago. This is a mistake. So many people are raising money end up doing, we end up just donating to the hospital, which 50% goes to the house, 50% goes to the project. And the project might go to go into overhead. I mean, it's just, people don't know where their money's going. That, that is a reality what we do. But Lauren calls out Larry, and Larry calls them out back. Larry goes, if you don't like how we're doing it, then put your money where your mouth is and head up our medical advisory board and show us how to do it. So we literally disbanded our medical advisory board the next day, all Lauren in, Lauren brought in people from across the country, And he brought in NIH-type protocols, National Institute of Health protocols, which is the the benchmark of all uh, research in the world. And uh, so now our our medical advisory board is is a, that was the grassroots of it. And now we have all NIH protocols, how we judge it, uh, how we do our our review meetings. And so it all started, and Lauren headed that up for a handful of years and he stepped off and uh, we rotate that on purpose so we don't get that that mentality of uh being a good old boys network and rotate people on have a certain amount of time you can be on there. But Lauren is actually now on our board of directors. That all started from us thinking that we knew best on where to listen to the people directly in our lives on what to do with it. And uh, that's how we ended up with our medical advisory board and
0: the lovely Warren Wall of the That's amazing. He's an amazing person. What he's yeah uh, yeah, what he's accomplished and uh your website, SavingTinyHearts.org, shows all of the uh, the advisory board, and these are some of wow. So, Dr. Farashik, yeah, she's at San Diego State, I believe. Mm-hmm. She's in San Diego. Yeah. I think it's San Diego State.
1: She was uh, on the board, then she went to Pro Tempore, and now she's the head of the medical advisor. Our website's getting actually redone, we're rolling out the new one in December, so please disregard the uh, <laughs> visuality. Uh, it's lacking and uh, some of the content needs is, uh, is stale right now. So the main thing on our website, literally while we're not shutting it down now and putting the new one up, we have a, a, uh, uh, a fundraiser in December that we have signed up with on the website right now for. So the, uh, the medical
0: advisor board should be What's the number one lesson you've learned fundraising? What's the that other people can apply when they go out there and try to, <laughs> you know, change the world? Oh, shmoly. <laughs> like, what's one wow. one thing that you're glad that you discovered in fundraising and maybe one thing that just you, you wish you had known?
1: Well, let me, let me start by saying our organization specifically has a um, – has something that a lot of organizations don't, which is we are 100% volunteer-based. You're not getting paid for something just to, to find the right group of people that are going to put in the necessary time. There's no accountability if you don't do the job. But you really can't hire them, per se. I mean, you can, but uh, it's volunteer work. Hardest thing to do is to hold people accountable and do, to uh, motivate them and to have people who have a like mind are like-minded to, to have a common cause, to uh, don't learn from your mistakes. That, that that's you have to do. You have to have an open mind and really self reflect and understand the things you've done that that didn't work and learn from them and don't repeat them. And that's why our gala is so good. Is we try not to repeat the same mistakes. And learn from everyone. Um, be nice to know some really 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 rich people. That would that would help. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, we don't quite we don't quite have that crowd yet, but uh, we're working on that.
0: Um, yeah, that's a that's a whole nother world of uh, fundraising that uh, uh, people try to tap into, um, and it's really until they have somebody in their family, and they probably do. It's just a matter of connecting to find out who. Who has a child with congenital heart disease? I know, because early on, you got your wife, Francie, started trying to find everyone that was somewhat of a celebrity who was known and brought him to the gala. Um, you know what? I
1: take that back. Uh, before, I was completely wrong on how we met Brad Bear. Can I jump in real quickly here? Yeah, no, oh, we totally screwed that up. Okay, so the people in Barrington knew Brad Bear. That's not how we found him. Okay. I had somebody from work, uh, a steel subcontractor of mine, Lee Carboy. I'll just throw his name out there. Lee sends me this article, and on the front of People, this is after Joshua was born, on the front of People magazine is Brett Bear, and his son was born, uh, Paulie, was born with a congenital heart. Mm-hmm. So it had nothing to do with the people out uh, west. That was actually after the fact. And they introduced us to Haley. It was the exact opposite. So Nancy emails Brett Bear out of nowhere and says, um... Uh, tells them our story. Our our son Joshua Benet uh, born with a congenital heart defect. We have a gala coming up. We're very small at this time. We're, we're we're not a mom and pop shop. We are. Our galas were always we're always bigger than we were at the time. They were they were much more impressive than probably the organization as a whole. So she mails Brett Bear, and Brett Bear responds, and he's he later tells a story. He tells it at the gala that uh, he gets. Thousand emails a year asking, being asked to come speak at events. Because so he he would like to respond to all of them and do all of them, but that's just not realistic. So, but there's something about this one that he goes and homes and talks to his wife, and he goes, "Francie Paul has asked us to do something that's very near and dear and new in our life to come to the gala." He goes, "My son is Paul Francis, and Francie Paul, it just emails like it's a sign." So, Brett Baer who was at the time, I mean, he, he's always, he's been big for a long, long time, but he was, he was really coming to his own about that time as well. huge yeah. name. Ends up responding, says, I'll do it. That's actually how we met right there was Francie. And Francie, did that. that's how we pretty much meet everyone, to be honest, as my wife uh just gets out there and she's really, yeah. nice comes to this. In, in a very true and non-fake way, just a very uh their way, she's really, uh, Doing this for the right cause. Awesome. That's how we met Brett originally. Was Francie reaching
0: out, and that whole Paul Francis Francie Paul can... It's interesting because just the inner weaving of all of our lives and how we all kind of come into each other's lives. And you know, you like I, I did I learned about Matt Hammett and Sarah Hammett from Francie, and now I'm in Nashville, and, and Matt and I are in a, a small men's group we go to every Monday night. Um, and it's it's interesting because I wouldn't have met that family who has a son with heart disease had I not participated in this gala. And you guys had, I think you had the hammets at the last last year. year.
1: Yeah, last, last year uh, Matt and Bowen came. Uh, they performed. They each performed a song, <laughs> and it, uh, it rocked the house. People absolutely loved it. Just class, classy, classy people. Just down to earth. Wonderful human beings. Did you get a chance
0: to see their documentary? I have not seen it. their documentary they did a dot. it was the official. they were filming it actually it was a gala in it uh
1: they had cameramen with them at the gala actually they were I filming think, the whole thing i didn't realize it
0: was all put together i knew they were doing a uh, uh it, something there it's the official selection of uh, nashville's film festival and, and okay they're, they're locking up some distribution but it is i think it's the first full-length documentary that goes behind the scenes of what a what a family experiences. And I'm very hopeful that people will see it because that will shed a light. And if there's a way to utilize that with the saving tiny hearts, I think it can help tap into that. Some, some markets for you guys. For yeah, sure. Definitely check it out. I love that they're, they're wonderful. Just, just very
1: Hamish people,
0: very kind mm-hmm. people. I think that pretty much wraps it up. Just want to really get people aware of saving tiny hearts because it's so near and dear to me. And a couple of years ago, we did a we did an album. Are they has Anthem been sending you money when? Yeah, uh, it's, it's like clockwork. It's like clockwork. Okay, it's, like it okay. Out can, it's out of Canada, I believe. Correct.
1: Yeah, the Air Canadian company. We get emails um, every so often. We just got one the other day of uh, we found you through Paul Cardall and yeah. and I believe it's through the disc as well. We get that a lot, uh, so many a year. From that and always just kind things, and it's usually just uh, maybe a small donation. of companies more just comments. We met through Paul cardell we love his music, and uh, wish you guys the best. Things like that. Very nice comments. Benny like yeah. up. They do the uh, the disc itself. It's still selling because we in- <laughs> sell regularly, so. and we love it. So That's it's, cool. uh, it's wonderful.
0: I tell you how appreciative everything. Yeah. Well, if people want to know more. Again, go to savingtinyhearts.org uh learn more about this you got to get to one of these galas because it's it's my favorite it's my favorite gala, my we, favorite gala. Uh, you, you need to get up there next time that's in uh, that's, it's in
1: the t- October 21st I think we have okay very funny on that but can I, can I plug our, our our uh our tournament in uh December heck oh yeah
0: good, good. Okay. I was I was thinking it was like right around the corner but if it's in December we'll be
1: December 5th November fifth, online charity poker tournament. It's uh, it's on our website. The registration there. All the money will go to uh, to to the cause. It's our replacement of the gala this year, but it's uh, it's gonna be awesome. It's it's an online. It's all virtual. So if anybody uh, enjoys playing, there's there's cash prizes. It's a pretty hefty uh, sum for the winners. So if there's poker players out there or non poker players that
0: like sick kids, we're your guys. So. That's brilliant. Uh, That's brilliant because you can, you know you can't go to a gala, but you guys did a very successful poker poker yeah. uh, at the gala, and now you bring it virtually. I mean, people yeah. are getting around and playing solitaire in Texas Hold 'em anyways. So yeah, as well it out. is. It's a Texas Hold 'em tournament on uh, <laughs> online,
1: and it's an app uh, that you download on your phone. I think they're gonna. We have a company actually helping to uh, to, to to put it together for us. Uh, the Who monitors actually have been up online and helps them. For yeah. us, but there, uh, I think we're doing Zoom uh, meetings and all that, so your tables will all be Zoom. So there will be some interpersonal communication on it too. So. Yeah,
0: December fifth, December
1: fifth, Saturday night at six, yeah. 6 PM Central. It's on the website right now. The registration, yeah. but it'll be. Uh, it's. It's. I think it should do very well. Okay. I've never been to a, a, a charity poker tournament.
0: I've never played poker in my life. Uh, hey, you I, won't yeah. play? Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's it's the culture. Uh, it's, yeah, no, no, it's I, the religion I, I, thing. But at the same time, I'm dirty <laughs> poker tournaments turning to everyone thinks
1: they're on the World Series of Poker. Everyone, it, it's funny. It's the one, the one type of sport, sport ESPN type thing you can do. That is, uh, you don't really need any athletic prowess. Oh, no,
0: uh, no, <laughs> just bring some cash and and make sure there's not a hole in the pocket. Cash and a
1: computer, could be, you could be in there, but it okay. should be fun. And that's the main thing: is to raise money, and it should do very well, so we can continue to raise uh,
0: money for Congenital hockey. Yeah, it's it's the best. That's the best place to play poker is when you're doing something for for people. That's the way it should be. Yeah, absolutely. You, wouldn't we dramatically change Vegas if it was all for the children? <laughs> Those hotels don't come out of nowhere. <laughs> no, they don't. Hey, well, thanks for, thanks for being on here, Brian. Tell Francie hello. Well, uh, thank you, and Gina, and please, the family, say hello to everyone. I
1: hope everyone's doing well through these very uh, very unique times. Yeah. yeah. Things settle down here next year. All right, brother. Be safe. I'll be well. Talk to you.
0: That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you want to watch these, you can go to my website, paulcardall.com. There are links under the podcast to watch them. And also, we have a free song I've never before made available. You can get that by subscribing to my newsletter. We like to give away stuff. So until next time, we'll see you guys.